Welcome into Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix. We are here already week three. It's flying. <sighs> Time flies when you're winning, right? It is. We're a fan. That it does. Do it. And <laughs> these shows are even more fun to do when we're winning. We have so much to get to. As always, we're going to talk about the previous game, look forward to the next game, everything that stands out to us. We've got a new segment we're going to try out today. I think it's going to be one we start doing moving forward. A little tease there to stay till Ooh, the end. All that. right. So let's start out with the takeaways from the Saints game. What stood out to you? What are the biggest things that after having this week to look back at it, write about it, dissect it, yes. what have been the big themes for you? I think the biggest thing for me was the defensive surge, right? The kind of spearhead of this team to victory. And I mean, in the last, in the fourth quarter, in less than 12 minutes, Jamel Dean had two interceptions. Casual. Yeah, it was fine. Great awareness, ball tracking. And then you had Mike Edwards with the pick six which, you know, kind of originally lined up deep, looked like he was going to be in that too-high shell, then came down as a robber, undercut Jameis Winston's pass. And then you had Devin White and Shaq Barrett that absolutely led the assault on Jameis Winston all throughout the game. Shaq had two sacks, the forced fumble. Devin led the team in tackles. And I think really both have kind of taken a step forward this year. I mean, even Devin White coaches specifically said this year that he's kind of has a better understanding of the system of the scheme and it's just been absolutely playing lights out all around the football so I think for me that was where the excitement level this week was coming in is just the dominance that that unit has has played with I mean at this point they're in the top five in nearly every statistical defensive category they're giving up the fewest amount of yards they're leading the league in sacks so I think a lot of just excitement looking forward to what this unit can do throughout destruction of the season yeah it's incredible and I, I'm glad you brought up Devin because so he already has as many sacks as he had all last year <laughs> which is amazing yeah and now granted I know part of that is because he didn't have the sack numbers last year he expects of himself right. wants yeah. but it's great to see him already get back on track with that and I know coaches will always say that splash plays are great for getting you to a pro bowl they're not the only thing that matters in terms right. of how they grade a player out mm -hmm. so they're yeah. like look, pressures is almost what they look at yes more than pressures sacks. i mean even quarterback hits tackles for loss a whole yeah. bunch of things or even just yeah like you did your job to to run fill to what there's so many yes. things that will not necessarily pad a stat sheet that yes. still mean you're playing a great game but i know that splash plays can make a huge difference in the game, and that's what we saw in the yes. Saints, is that things like turnovers, things like sacks, they're not the only indicator. They may not even be the best indicator, but, man, can they turn a game around, and they can change the attitude and the hype, mm -hmm. especially the on the road, oh, yeah. silence that crowd, and to see Devin getting some of those is, is amazing. And when it comes to the turnovers, I think that Antoine Winfield Jr. told me that their goal is 30 interceptions this year Ooh. as a unit, which is a lot. It's yeah. a fair amount. It, it's definitely you're not taking any games off <laughs> from getting picks yeah. when you're trying for that many. So I think that it shows that they've the emphasis they've put on it and that that is working. Yeah. And I know that just like what you mentioned about the understanding of the defense, it feels like this whole group of guys have essentially grown up in this system now. Mm -hmm. That this is the beauty of having continuity mm -hmm. where Todd Bowles is the guy that has gotten to mold them, shape them in their careers. And it feels like you're seeing the fruits of that now. Yes. Where the mental side, they're there. They know, and it's that instinctual, because that's the difference in an interception or just a tipped ball. Yes. Is that hundredth of a second where it is now instinctual for you mm -hmm. and you're not having to think. And right. Jamel Dean, I interviewed him uh, yesterday for the radio pregame show, and I said, what's the difference for you? What has happened since you came in rookie year that has led to you're getting listed as the starter on the depth chart, 
you're getting some of these picks early. What what has changed? And he said that he approached it a little differently this offseason from a mental standpoint of the work he put in. And he said he talked to not only defensive coaches, but offensive coaches, learning how he needed to view things from the other side of what are you telling the wide receivers. What are yeah, you telling what are you guys? What focus on? What are your tips? What are your keys? Yeah, so he got both sides of it. And he said he felt like he just got such a more complete picture mentally of how to prepare for the game. And he, you could tell he was really proud that he was seeing the fruits of that extra labor that he said. He's like, yeah, I feel like it has already paid off what I did this offseason. And that's so exciting that this early in the year, the mental side is already there. Because sometimes that takes a while during the season to catch up. And so right. to already be there in week two, it's it feels like they can only go up from here. Right. Which is crazy. When I think the depth, too, that they have has has really helped things as well. When you had Logan Ryan come in, when you had Keanu Neal, that's allowing Antoine to play in his strengths, play all these different roles, play predominantly in the slot to, to utilize his physicality against the run. He can draw back and up, you know, all these different things. But even on the defensive line, keeping those fresh legs, rotating guys, and now – Devin, I mean, you have him as kind of your focal point in the blitz packages, but they've got so many different things. And I think, you know, we'll see more of um, Logan Hall, the rookie this season, you know, or this coming game against the Packers with, you know, Akeem Hicks injury. But, I mean, just a lot of those pieces that you're seeing come together that, that's really exciting come to fruition. Yeah, and I know we are going to next talk about some of the injury stuff and roster updates, but my last little takeaway from the Saints game is kind of related to that, that, I'm just amazed at this offensive line. I am so impressed yes. that if you would have told me one of those, what if I told you the 30 for 30 ideas that we, <laughs> you would be down to your third left tackle, tackle. and you'd be fine. That's incredible. Yes. That's um, so shout out to Brandon Walton for yes. sure. But also just the whole line, the offensive line coaches, you've got so many new people, and they always talk about the, that unit more than any other. It is about that communication, cohesiveness, yeah, chemistry. Continuity. Yes. And to watch how you got Hainsey in there for the first time, Luke Gedeke in there for the first time, even Shaq Mason, who has experience but new to this line, third left tackle. Tristan Wirfs is it. He's the only dude that was doing it last Hold year. Holding down. Holding down. Holding down the fort, man. Standing. And for them to keep Brady as clean as they did, yeah. to still be able to produce the way that they did, it was. I just was very impressed by that, and it gave me a lot of faith. Because I feel like offensive line is typically the one where you're like, oh, my gosh, if you lose someone, it just feels devastating. And to know that this group, they, the way they stepped up together and still held that fort down, that was a huge takeaway for me. So let's talk a little bit about the injury and roster updates. Um, first of all, let's go through some of the roster things that have happened this week mm -hmm. and who's up, who's down, who's in, who's out, all of that stuff. There was a lot that went on. So mm -hmm. fill in people a little bit on, on some of that and some of so those moves. Some of the players that haven't practiced at all this week, you had Chris Godwin, who's still working his way back from the hamstring, hamstring injury. You didn't have Julio Jones, the knee injury, and then Akeem Hicks. is kind of, I think, one of your big ones, hasn't practiced this week. And even, you know, Casey Rogers said yesterday that you're going to have to have guys step up. You're going to have to see more of Logan Hall, which I think they said they're starting to see it click for him. You know, I mean, obviously has, you know, the violent first punch, has all of those athletic abilities and the intangibles that they saw when he was in college, you know, in the interior and just what he's able to bring as a catalyst. But then also you've got other guys like DeAndre Sinat and different people that can help offset that. And then, of course, they brought in Cole Beasley, who's been added to the practice squad and obviously, you know, former – former Cowboy, but I think he's will be a nice addition because, I mean, I think a lot of people forget, I mean, you haven't had Chris Godwin, who's been just that dynamic player out of 
the slot, that yards after catch threat, but also you don't have Rob Gronkowski anymore. That was Brady's go-to target over the field. I mean, his his target on those those short passes, the intermediate routes, you know, able to box out defenders. You don't have a guy that's been able to do that. So Cole Beasley is a person that can come in, can be dynamic in the interior and help out when people are playing, you know, the shallow zones. And he can make plays and he can exploit, you know, those defenses' weaknesses, which is something that I think they they've needed because we haven't really seen some of the the production from, you know, the tight ends this far that you'd want to. So I think he's somebody that can come in and help help out the offense and kind of get things going in, in the passing game. How much do you expect to see him Sunday? Do you expect to see him Sunday? How much the role he might have? I mean, that's a quick turnaround, but he's, right. he's been in the league a long time. He's a vet that right. is the, seems like the kind of guy that could pick up some things quickly, but how, how much do you think they're going to be asking him I to do? I think it would be kind of a snap count initially. Like if they, if they do elevate him to the active roster this Sunday, I don't think you're going to see him play a, a ton just to see. And even Todd Bull said, you know, we're still kind of trying to see – where he's at, they're still going through the verbiage. They're seeing how how much where he at is at in terms of being in shape, mm-hmm. you know, since since he has since he left Buffalo. So I think all of those factors are gonna come into play as to what they they decide will will dictate how much he plays. On yeah, Sunday. and and we talked about the whole practice squad and elevation. There were several different moves this week. I'll just kind of run through them in case people haven't seen. First of all, Gio Bernard and Josh Wells both sent to IR. Mm-hmm. So now we know that. And then also you have Kalen Geiger, Deidre Sonata, as you mentioned, and linebacker Kenny Young are active uh, are upgraded to the active roster. And then you have Cole Beasley, and then a guy that people might recognize his name, Khalil Davis. Buccaneers drafted him a while back, back to the practice squad, and a guy named Justin School for the offensive line. So that's some of the moves. And then, of course, we haven't mentioned the fact that there will be no Mike Evans yes. this week, that other unfortunate the roster move. So One-game suspension. <laughs> yes. Um, so basically looking at this wide receiver group, what do you think the expectations are this week and do you think it is going to be another one that has looked like the last couple games of this is going to be a run first and maybe second and third team? Yes. I think it's you're going to see more of the same. You're going to try to get Leonard Fournette involved. You're going to try to get Rashad White maybe on some of the perimeter runs and create that, that balanced attack to where you're taking some of that pressure off of the offensive line. Because, I mean, you've, they're going up against – one of the best interior defensive lines in the NFL. You have Kenny Clark, who is an absolute menace. They're going to be bringing guys, so you need to try and offset that. And so I think they're going to try and do that with the run. They're going to do that with the perimeter attack. You're going to do that over the middle to get things things working. And then when they have to allocate resources towards the offensive line by stacking the box, well, then you can have favorable one-on-one matchups to the outside, like you saw that – Brady was able to have with Brajad Perryman with that one-on-one when he had the touchdown. So I think that's going to be the one of the big things this week that we're going to see. Yeah, so my next question was going to be keys to the game. And yes. is it safe to say that for you the, the biggest one would be getting the run game going? Yes, but I would also say one of the biggest things that the coaching staff has stressed this week is just the, the situational football, being better on those short-yarded situations, being better in the red zone, and being better on third down. Because – they were in favorable field position, but then you had the fumble. You, they were stopped short of the fourth and one. So, I mean, these are all things that you're going to have to be able to work through. And then defensively, it's going to be stopping the run. Because the Packers have that incredible one-two punch of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And their their receiving core is a little bit – it's revamped. And they're in that rebuilding phase. You have rookies, you know, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs 
that are still trying to engender that trust of Aaron Rodgers. And so as they work through that, you've got Aaron Jones that's taking the bulk of the carries. But really, they, they're good compliments for one another in that Aaron Jones is kind of elevates their screen game and has that shifting distance space. But then you've got A.J. Dillon that's, you know, got the power through the tackles, kind of that battering ram style of runner. And so they complement each other very well. And that's going to be a huge thing for this defense and being able to stop that and setting the edge because there's nothing more demoralizing than getting gassed on the ground. Yeah, and it's so interesting the similarities between these two teams right now and that they are not probably the storylines that we would have expected. expected. Yes. You know, that to be saying that a – a matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and we're just like, man, I hope the run, run game gets going. <laughs> it's just such a funny thing to think yes. about. And if a few weeks ago or even you know a few years ago maybe you hear that, it'd be like, wait, what? But even looking at the injury reports, it's it's going to be interesting to see for them. So they're, what we talked about, the wide receiver core, yeah. already just, like you put it, revamped, which is a yes. positive way of saying that they lost, <laughs> lost some people yeah. and are working lost on the new Adams. people. Yeah. yeah, Lost a rather important piece there. So now <laughs> you have Randall Cobb, who did, has not participated because of illness both days. Yeah. You have Alan Lazard, who this is what's interesting, too. Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Christian Watson, all three went from limited to did not participate. Yeah. So that's always the thing about injury reports that can tell you something is you you typically don't want to see guys get downgraded throughout yeah. the week. You, you're hoping it's going the other direction. direction. <laughs> so for them, I'm like, man, both teams are looking pretty banged up in that area. And <laughs> yeah. already that, I mean, that may be very handy. We appreciate them, yeah. you know, matching us on the injury report yeah. there with all these wide receivers. And then also their offensive line, they've finally, you know, gotten – a, a few pieces back, but still David Bakhtiari, he went from did not participate to limited. So maybe this is the first time you see him. I don't know if he'll be available or not. That's a big piece on their line. Mm -hmm. But I do think that knowing this, it could be a little helpful of trying to get some pressure. I was thinking about guys like Shaq, like Joe Tryon going against some tackles that have had some injuries. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they can really only tee off if you're able to stop the run. Yeah. And knowing that this is, I mean, looking at all those wide receivers that have been injured, it's just, you know, the Packers are going to be trying to run the ball. And that's oh, yeah. been the Bucks' area of strength. They, I know coaches said that they felt like they didn't love some of the, this last week. Right. That and they, the way that it was headed. and especially to me, I think it'll be interesting to watch the first series because both games so far, the first drive of the opposing team has resulted in some pretty big gashed runs. Yes. And that yes. it felt like the first drive, the defense, a little shaky. Kind of finding their bearings. Yeah. And then after that, lockdown. Yeah. It, it changed immensely. So I, I think to watch that opening drive, especially at home, when you can get that crowd behind you on defense right away, I think if you can even – if you get a three and out on oh that my, first drive. That's what I was just about to yeah, say. Yeah, like that's going to be that, that you know, this home crowd's first time seeing that this will team. Gain all of the momentum. Yes, I think that's going to be huge to see if they can switch how they're acting on that first drive, lock down the run game, get the Packers feeling like they're not going to be able to rely on it. Mm -hmm. Tr you know, trying to figure out their pass game. And then that's when you see guys like Joe and Shaq get right. to tee off. And force them to be one-dimensional. Yes. And, you know, we saw, like, Jamel Dean got the pick six against Rodgers the last time they played them at home. And that was it's a, rarity. a <laughs> massive, I mean, shift. That game was going poorly for the Bucks, yes. And that play shifted everything. And I feel like mm -hmm. such a similar thing could happen in this game, it, it, I think that'll be really interesting. So how about for you, either uh, some key individual matchups or a player that you're very excited to watch? I think for me, one of the biggest ones is going to be Robert Hainsey against Kenny Clark. I mean, 
I think it's telling when you have, especially for a nose tackle, to be the one that all of the coaches, Brady himself, have yeah. talked about is this is one of the top tier in the NFL. Now we know what it's like to be preparing against Vita. Yes, yeah, <laughs> right? the same thing. I mean, this guy absolutely just pushes the pocket. He's dominant on one-on-ones, splits double teams. I mean, he's he's almost unblockable for, for teams and absolutely has the power to wreck a game. And obviously with the our revamped offensive line, you know, a lot of new pieces in there, that's an area that teams are looking to exploit on Sunday. So I think how Robert Hainsey is able to to hold up in the interior and if they bring, you know, other people to help, you have a running back chipping or so you have another guy in there to help block him. But how, how that works out. And then I'm excited for the Levante David versus Aaron Jones matchup. Yep. I, I love me a good linebacker. Running back. That was going to be my pick, but I was going to say maybe Devin as well. That was it. Both of right. those two guys, because, like I mean, Devin and Levante, against AJ Dillon and Aaron. like the yes. like just both of them, the two on two essentially almost right. there. But yeah. I mean, I think Levante will be great up against Aaron Jones because he's a guy that's known as one of the best off ball linebackers in the league. He's so good in coverage against tight ends, against running backs, and especially in the way that they like to utilize Aaron Jones as a receiver. I mean, yeah. you have AJ Dillon as well, but. Aaron Jones is a little bit more nuanced in his route running. So having a guy like Levante David that's equally as good and wrapping up, being a tech spectacular, but also can draw back and can cover a guy in man, I think is going to be really beneficial for yeah, I agree. Both of those Packers running backs are are tied for leading their team in receptions. Yeah. Which again shows you just how crazy things and have versatile. been over yes. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I agree that if you can not only limit them in the run game, but yeah, if you can shut down the ability for them to be that safety blanket, that's going to be very very important. Okay, so we're going to do our final this is our uh, our new segment we're we're debuting. We're calling it quote of the week. Ooh, yes. You know, there's yes. a lot of press conferences. There's a lot of media availability. It's hard to keep up with all of it. So we decided yes. we're going to go over what our favorite quote we heard this week is. Um, one, I kind of, I on the football side, I kind of talked about it earlier, but what Jamel Dean said about the way that he has changed how he is preparing. Yes. That was a big one for me. Um, and then I have one that is not football related at all, but just made me laugh. Ooh, yes, I love these. So go for it. When we t- we found out that Tom Brady is lending his Super Bowl rings to the World Cup to be displayed, I'm like, what? You're just gonna just, just give ship, yeah, all these rings that? over? And he's asked about it, and he said, "quote I just trust people." So I'm like, "Go for it. Don't lose it." I was like, "Can you imagine being the person?" On the other end of that quote, that's just like being handed these rings, like, cool, just all of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings. Just, I love it. I trust people, but don't lose it. (laughs) I love that quote so much. And I'm like, Brady is such a man of details and all of this. And yet I love that he's won so many that he's just like, (laughs) sure. Like, it's Just fine. It. Whereas, like, I feel like my ring, I have Would locked away. Yeah, like, I have that thing where I <laughs> haven't even. like, several levels. I haven't even put it on. I have literally not put it on since receiving yeah. it because I am terrified. And I'm like, this is the difference in having one versus having eight million. So yeah. that made me laugh. So that was my quote of the week. What is yours? I would say mine, I had a couple, but I loved Carlton Davis was asked about the defense mm-hmm. through the first two games. And I loved his mindset because I feel like it kind of embodies their entire mentality thus far. But he said, he said, I'm not really looking into the numbers of it. 
It's early. It's week three. We have a long way to go before we start looking up at what we're doing. We have to be consistent at what we're doing to make it mean something. Mm. And I thought, you know, it's like never getting too high and never getting too low. You know, okay, yeah, we've held teams to six and a half points through the first two games, but it's one thing to be able to gain that success, but it's quite another to be able to attain it. Yes. And so I think for him and the entire defense as a whole, it's about getting consistency and being able to do and have that production week in and week out. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great, great mindset for this team for this team to have. Yeah, that 2-0, and we ain't done nothing yet. Yes, yes, exactly. That's essentially the mindset. All right, well, that is going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa 2, heading into this finally a home game against the Packers. So excited to see all the fans out at Raymond James Stadium. We hope you guys have enjoyed this. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week.